I'm Kirby. And I'm Sarah. Welcome to Los Angeles! Welcome, Glamgelinos! We hope you stay a while. Cute. That's cute. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Happy 200th freaking episode. 200. Wow. What's the 200 Club? Not the 700 Club. No, no. (laughs) The 200 Club. That means we've also interviewed almost 100 guests. Yeah, that's freaking wild. Crazy. That's exciting, though. It really is. I'm really proud of us. Congratulations. Congrats to you. We also have so many people that we need to get on the podcast, which is crazy. So feels like we've barely scratched the surface. Yep. But here we are. Number 200. 200 in 2022. Woohoo! So we also have some mage news on behalf of the podcast. The little podcast that could. Just started with two mics in a dining room with some eggshells in the window. (laughs) And like blankets on the floor. (laughs) And Ollie in his bed. Yep. And now we are extremely thrilled to announce that we have partnered with Vice Media Group and Refinery29, who Vice owns. And we are in a year-long licensing partnership with Vice. So, Sarah, what does this mean for the pod? So this means that we're going to be working closely with the Vice Group and Refinery29 to find the best partners to support the podcast so sponsorships they're going to also help us grow the podcast so that we can reach even more of you and there's just going to be a lot more fun collaboration in the next year yes we sign with them because our goal is to grow los angeles as much as we can and having a platform like vice to help speed up that growth is super exciting and obviously Sarah is the beauty director of Refinery29 so it felt like a really good fit for all parties involved and we signed at the end of last year and now we are forging ahead so you're gonna see some fun stuff coming up in the next couple of weeks when we kick off our first big partnership it's a name you definitely know so we're very excited about it so exciting like when we signed the contract it was like almost unreal yes i was like i can't believe like kirby said we were literally just in my living room trying to figure out like how to friggin edit this pod yep and now we're just forging ahead we're forging ahead onwards and upwards now that that's out of the way Okay, y'all, I'm going to be honest. I had a wife and now I'm just like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing a wife. There's nothing I'm really passionate about right now. I feel like everything in my routine is same old, same old. 
I have been trying some new things, but I can't talk about them yet because they're not released. And the stuff that I can talk about, it's, you know, Bliss, Blockstar, it's Charlotte Tilbury, Out the Wazoo, The Inky List, Sunday Riley. Yeah, I'm in the same boat. I'm just like in the process of trying new things and I can't like speak to them yet. Not even just the fact that like they're not out. Just like I need more time with it. Totally. And then I'm just like also like rediscovering things that like I have loved and have been using and I'm just like trying them out again, you know, so which is fine because we dodo ho here. Wait, so then, okay, why don't we just like really quickly run through like our skincare and makeup routines? Okay, so right now I'm using the Good Light Milky Toner. I've got Matter of Fact Vitamin C. Then I'm using the Chanel Cream, the Image Skincare Sunscreen. I think that's it during the day. Very fast. And then makeup, I'm using the new Charlotte Tilbury Foundation. I've been trying the Ruffy because I finally got like the right shade. And then the Chanel Balm Lip and Cheek. Yeah, that's it. I've like really been very like easy going with my makeup and skincare routine right now. Yes. Mine, fresh soy face cleanser. You knew it. You absolutely knew it. That is now in our shower. And Matt's like, I really like this cleanser. And I was like, you and the world. Yes, correct. Fresh soy face cleanser. I use that when I'm not in the shower. When I'm in the shower, I use Bliss's Fabulous Foaming Face Wash, which is incredible. have a big old bottle of it. I have been using Arcona Triad Pads. Love. They're great. I don't think we've really mentioned them that much on this pod, but they do deserve some love. Then I've been using a serum and a moisturizer from a brand that has not yet launched, but I'm really, really liking it. So once Mm. I can talk about it, I will. And then I've been using either Bliss's Blockstar or Innisfree as a sunscreen. I love Innisfree. And then at night, it's pretty much the same as the daytime, except I'll use either Sunday Riley's Good Jeans, the lactic acid one, or I use like a prescription retinol that Dr. Samolitis prescribed to me that has like all of the skin clearing, mm. lightening ingredients. And then La Mer at night. Some Love. La Mer. Makeup, have been trying Beautiful Skin Foundation. I'm really liking it. I've actually been using MAC Face and Body a lot because I just... Mm got those some enjoying those and then literally everything else is charlotte tilbury the pink light wand for blush the highlighting light wand for highlighter makeup by mario contour stick refi brows and then mascara kind of it fluctuates either jones road or uma by sharon c or ami cole for evening i just want to add i've been using the eighth day serum i like it so far oh okay okay and I'm trying out Shawnee Darden's new lactic acid. Yeah, so I got that one and I'm interested because I know that in her retinol reform, there was like a lactic acid in there. So I feel like this one is like if you're not ready for a retinoid or retinol. 100%. I did like a very quick death side with her last week, which was uh-huh. like so good to see her for even like five minutes. I know. She's great. And she basically was like, this is for people who are scared of retinol 
people who don't like using retinol because it's too reactive for them. And she's like, I've always just loved lactic acid. Like that's something that like she uses in her treatments in the studio. So yeah, I have high hopes for it and I'm sure that it's going to deliver. You know what product I'm actually really obsessed with? It's the Dr. Dennis Gross Dr. X Spectralite Mm -hmm. Facewear Mm -hmm. LED mask. So good. You definitely look like Phantom of the Opera wearing it, but you only wear it for like three minutes a day. And I feel like having that LED light, like the red, Mm -hmm. the blue, and then the purple really has helped my skin. Like Mm -hmm. I wake up in the morning and I'm like, oh, okay. So I think Mm -hmm. it's definitely worth the investment. I think it's like probably the LED gadget that I would most recommend. You know, the handheld ones are fine, but I think like- totally. This is really good because it covers your entire face. It has the timer. It's close enough. The wavelength is strong enough. Yeah. It, my friend Vanessa, did you follow Goals to Get Glowing? No. She's awesome. Her name is Vanessa. She did an at-home LED mask comparison, which I will link in our show notes so you guys can check it out. And pretty high up there is the Dr. Dennis Gross mask. And she did this based on like the wavelengths, the irradiance, the treatment time, All of these things that go into like making an LED mask work properly, that and the Omnilux, which I know that you also have. I like both of those. Yeah. So if you're looking for an LED mask, I would suggest either one, Omnilux or Dr. Dennis Gross. It was a good like woify recap. Yeah, woify recap because, you know, we're not changing it up like every day, right? No, totally. Okay, let's break for some news. All right, so here at the pod, we are big fans of Megan Fox and MGK, Machine Gun Kelly's love. Colson Baker. Sorry, sorry, you guys are really good friends, so Colson. <laughs> they recently got engaged. So cute, so romantic. I'm really, I'm happy for them. Genuinely, yes. I'm genuinely just happy. They are twin flames. They deserve each other. They deserve the love they have together. And they drank each other's blood. Okay, guys, that was a joke, right? <laughs> like, there's no fucking way that was real. I think, like, Megan Fox is just like, I'm going to write this. She's, like, leaning into it. She's leaning into it because people expect them to be, like, weird and vampire and whatever and, yeah. Yes, totally. Everyone's like, um, by the way, Angelina Jolie did this already. I'm like, bitch, this is not real. She literally knew that that's the only thing y'all would talk about. I'm putting this in the world. Megan Fox, Los Angeles, please come on so we can confirm whether or not this actually happened. I I just, I truly think it's a joke. I think we can make it happen. So the ring is gorgeous. The videos that they shared, so sweet. But of course, there was a focus on the nails. And our dear friend, dear friend of the pod, Brittany Boyce, does both of their nails. And so I just wanted to shout out the gorgeous chrome silver French manicure that was happening on Megan Fox's hand, as well as the fact that Colson was matching and wearing it. You can see in the photo Megan Fox's hand where she is showing off her new ring. You can see Colson's and it's not confirmed, but pretty sure that it is from his nail polish line. Ooh, it links to my story. Love to freaking see it. 
So I don't think they have a silver. Do they not? They don't have a silver. Um, not yet, at least. Maybe it's like an unreleased shade. Maybe, yeah. Maybe it's coming out. But that's one thing I was thinking. I was like, I don't think that this is from Undone. At least not yet. Maybe that hasn't dropped yet. But I don't see, I don't see silver. Yeah, there's no silver. Well, maybe TBD. We'll ask Brittany. I would love for Brittany to come on the podcast, too, at some oh, point. Oh, yeah. I think this is a really interesting ring. It's gorgeous. I normally wouldn't be into it. I like that these are two pear-shaped gemstones. Like, one's his birthstone, diamond, and hers is emerald. I love that they go together. And it looks like a heart. It's really, really pretty. Someone told me that emerald is like, it's like a really strong stone to wear. Like, it has a very strong energy Mm. to wear, like, every day. Oh, is that why you have those green emerald earrings that I see you wear a lot? They're actually not real emerald. Oh, well, I love them. Thank you. I would love a, a pair of real emerald. I wear a lot of jade, though. So, oh, okay. yeah, okay. jade's like my fave. And I feel like that is not, you know, as strong. It's like that's more protecting my energy. But someone told me that they had an aunt who, like, I'm not going to name her because I don't want to out her family. But she told me that she had an aunt who used to wear emerald, like an emerald stone or something all the time. And she was just like extremely intense. And apparently it just, it, the emerald has like a very high energy. So, but maybe if that's like the type of person you are, what you welcome that energy. I mean, it, they seem to be very high yeah. energy. <laughs> yes. I mean, like just love everywhere. Love, love, love. So like for your ring, do you want like a mixed stone type of deal or you want like a big fat diamond? I don't know. Honestly, I got big old knuckles. So you gotta, you're going to have to make it big. It has to look good on my hand. Okay, let's talk about this. There is a story that has been shared in a few different Facebook groups I'm in from Slate Science. That's the tab it's under. Your skin doesn't need skincare. It can do everything it needs to do by itself. I don't want to harp on this story. I don't. Because I think a lot of the points that this writer is trying to make are not valid based on the year of our Lord 2022. And the too long didn't read of it all is like, I agree. Some of these skincare regimens, they're too much. You don't need all of these products, right? We don't need a 10 step skincare routine anymore. Yeah, no. If you like it, great. But like, you don't need that to like the skin of your dreams, right? Like there are plenty of things. We talk about our love of Vaseline on this podcast. Mm -hmm. You don't need a lot. We are very much proponents of sunscreen, which to this writer's credit, she did say that she uses sunscreen. Is she removing it properly? Probably not, but I digress. There are some things that she mentions in this story that I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, I can see your point. But what I'm really curious about, Sarah, is she interviews a few experts. Yeah, That's what I was going to say. So one thing I will say about this writer is that she is a good reporter in that she is like reaching out to sources, like verified good sources. And she does interview some of like our, you know, favorite derms in the in the field. But I'm very curious if they knew that when they were being interviewed for the story, if they knew that this was going to be the subject. And so Kirby and I have reached out to them. We will report back next week with any commentary on the story because their whole businesses and livelihoods are based on the fact that like you should be doing more than just cleansing your face with water and putting on sunscreen 
And again, I give this writer credit. She actually does mention sunscreen. There are people who criticize, no, the industry or, or, or our beauty routines and say that we don't even need sunscreen. So at least she, yeah, acknowledges that. I'm really interested to hear back from these sources. So we'll get back to you guys on that. I'd love to hear what everyone else thinks. The comments I've seen in Facebook groups are kind of split. Like the less I did with my routine, the better my skin was. And I totally agree. Like, yes, maybe sometimes it's best to just pare it back. And then some people are like, yeah, tell that to my cystic acne. Tell that to my rosacea. Yeah. So I can't wait to hear back from these sources. Okay. So another, and this isn't controversial, but it's been trending. So the New York Times recently published a story that claims that contouring is back, but it is not the contouring of our 2015s YouTube contouring that we have probably like associate the term with. It is a more natural, soft contouring. It's all about the soft, diffused contour that's more reminiscent of like 90s supermodels. And the article also argues that it's not so much like contouring on top of your foundation. It's more using the underpainting method where you're contouring underneath your foundation and then blending, blend, 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 blend less on changing the way that your face is actually shaped and more like enhancing what you already got. All very positive, all meant to just, you know, promote like what your natural features are. The article interviews Mario and Charlotte Tilbury. So great sources. And they offer some tips there too. But yeah, I definitely have been seeing this. And I think I I feel like I've been also doing it where – I was, you know, for a while contouring my nose a lot more, maybe too much. (laughs) Same with like my cheekbones. So now some days I don't even, you know, like use a bronzer. I like to, you know, just use it like when I feel like, you know, accentuating my jaw. But yeah, what do you have to say, Curbs? What are you thinking? I don't know. I like hate to say this because I I don't want to, you know, I don't know how to put this, but like no shit. Like, why is this an entire story? Like, honestly, sometimes the New York Times, what they they see is like trending and like how they present a story like this is like, did we really need this long of a story to talk about the fact that contouring is still happening? Quote unquote back. Yeah, I do feel like it's like, you know, we live in our little beauty bubble. And so for us, it is like a no brainer. But I think that like, there's a lot of people who read the New York Times who don't know. And so... But then because it's New York Times, people are like, oh, this is a trend. And I'm like, for instance, it's like makeup mavens are now sweeping bronzer, blush, and highlighter underneath their foundation for a look. Ma'am, this has been going on. Yeah. Like underpainting has been happening for years and years and years. This is literally not a new thing. This keeps happening. I would go on a limb to say it's actually the fact of like the underpainting that's the trend. The trend is the application of where it goes on the face. So instead of doing the whole Kim Kardashian cheekbones, forehead, jawline thing, people are literally just taking their Makeup by Mario contour stick and they're dotting it right here in the middle of their cheek. So it's like kind of on the cheekbone. It's diagonal up from the corner of your mouth. And instead of going all the way down from the temple to the mid cheek, it's just that dot. So then when you blend it out, it gives you this cut in your face that looks so, so natural. And 
I'll link the video where I saw this first. And it's definitely like not a new technique, but it's been popularized by a specific creator on TikTok. And it made me think, oh, oh my God, like why have I not been doing this? One of the people that did this in a video when she turned her face, I was like, holy crap, this is incredible. Mm-hmm. Like, this is the way to contour, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I love that, you know, Mario and Charlotte are getting quoted in the New York Times by all means. And they are people that are creating products, make it more of like a natural contour, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like the light wand, mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. a contour. Mm-hmm. is beautiful. And there's so many different products. But yeah, I guess like in the grand scheme of things, like the whole using a a cream and then going on top of it with a bronzer and that whole thing. Maybe that's like a contour of yesteryear, like a very specific time from like 2014 to 20. The big three. Like maybe those days are gone. I think people honestly are just like the less product on my face, the better. So I need something that's going to make a bigger impact, whether that's like the product itself or the placement. Mm -hmm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or people are finally like learning that they don't need to just watch these tutorials to see like what other people are doing. They're like learning to spend more time with their actual face and seeing like where it is, like you said, they need to be putting it or wearing bronzer, you know? Totally. We don't have the same face shapes as so many of these people that we're following. But like when we actually listen to like their advice of like how we should be doing it, then it like makes more sense. YouTube tutorials of yesteryear were so heavily influenced by drag makeup Yeah, it was like the showmanship of it all. It was, yes, exactly. So I think times have changed and drag makeup is obviously still popular. Mm -hmm. But I think for someone like myself, like I look like a clown when I wear that much makeup. Like my face just just does not hold makeup that well in in terms of like baking and like extreme contour and stuff like that. You know what I mean? I'm also like, I feel like it just... And it's like probably the way that I'm doing it. I'm like, it looks like my face is kind of (laughs) dirty, you know? Yes. Yeah. And I'm like constantly trying to blend and I'm like, this is just making it worse. I know. But like, it's not just you because literally sometimes you would see these people who like are teaching it in real life and you're like, girl, you look muddy as fuck. Right, 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 right. This does not look good in real life. Totally. It's more like makeup for real life. Yep. I'm sure someone's going to drag me for saying that. They're like, all makeup is makeup for real life. And yes, I know that. But like the specific YouTube type of makeup of yesteryear, that makeup was done for like when you're on camera. The showmanship, like Sarah said, the showmanship, it does not translate when you see someone like that in the wild. Yeah, yeah. Like this is this is like, you know, for people who are just like going to run a few errands, you know, <laughs> going to go to Target. They're not going to go film a vlog. They're like just trying to fucking get their baby wipes. Exactly. That's very relatable to me. Throwing on my sweatsuit, going to get some baby wipes. I don't need a very hard contour on my face. Yeah. I can contour in two minutes now. What up, biatch? That's really how long it should take you, Max. Agreed. Yeah, agreed. Fully. Fully agree. Okay, so in the spirit of us celebrating our 200th episode... I feel like it would be good for us to share some things we've learned since starting the podcast. Maybe there are people out there who are listening who want to start a podcast of their own, or maybe they're just curious like what we've learned. I feel like there's a lot of assumptions too that people like, you know, think about people who make podcasts or like what we do, Kirby. So I feel like it'd just be fun to sort of like share things that we've learned. 
Okay. Things cool. we yeah, things we wish we knew. So, you go you want to go first? Do you have something? You do not need the most expensive equipment. You absolutely do not. Sarah and I learned this pretty quickly because we launched the podcast in July of 2019 and then the pandemic happened March of 2020 and we were separated. We used to record the podcast together in person every single episode. And that was when we only had one episode a week. Remember those days? Mm -hmm. So it was a lot easier on us schedule-wise to get together. Well, then during the pandemic, we couldn't see each other. And then eventually Sarah moved a little bit farther away. She wasn't just right down the street. So I looked into getting a new mic, the mic that we had. I could not get to connect to my computer. So it was time to find something else. You know, the mic that I use right now is a blue Yeti mic. It's, you know, not inexpensive. I think it's like $200 for a kit or something with all of the contraptions that you need to go with it. But you don't have to get like state of the art sound equipment. I think everybody thinks that that's what you need to sound good. What you need to sound good is you need to make sure that you have your microphone working properly. You need to make sure that you're in a room that is enclosed, door shut, that's not echoey. And if you are going to make this a priority in your life, you need to invest in soundproofing in some form or fashion, whether that's getting what, you know, Sarah and I, we call them like the eggshells, but there are certain squares that you can buy and adhere to your wall that help muffle echoes. And then there's some that you can put in the corners that also keep the sound from bouncing as well. How much did we spend when we first got started? $500? Yeah, maybe even less than that total. Yeah. 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 So we each, you know, it was an investment. We did put in like 250 of our own dollars. But that's really been it since then. You know, we now have like our Riverside software that we use to Mm -hmm. help record. But like, and, you know, obviously our Squarespace membership, but all in all total for recording, like it has been very minimal. I also think we should talk about Riverside. So you can use Zoom. Like right now, Sarah and I are, are recording and we're using Zoom, but Zoom doesn't record the tracks natively, the other person's computer. It's recording from like a cloud. So if something gets effed up, like during the stream, it's going to affect the audio quality. We plan on doing way more video in 2022 and Riverside has higher video quality as well as higher sound quality. And even though I did notice this, Sarah, I feel like sometimes the quality of the stream on Riverside isn't great. Mm -hmm. But then when I go back and listen or look, it's very, very clear. It's good. Yeah. Because it's recording on their own computer too. Yep. Exactly. Those are all great things. I was going to comment on that too. The fact that I feel like I get asked so often, like, I want to start a podcast, but I like just feel like I don't know where to start, like equipment wise. And I think I have a list of all, I actually do, and we can share it, like of everything that we bought because I've like shared it with so many people. So yeah, you really don't need that much. One thing that I feel like I've learned or I, I appreciate about the pod is that like, I think that we've made it to 200 and we've be been as successful as as we are because of each other in terms of like accountability like I don't think that if I had like a podcast on my own that it would have lasted this long (laughs) you know what I mean this is a a really really good point Acast our network invited us to speak at this podcast event women in podcasting 
one of the tips that I offered is like, you better make sure that this is something you want to do long term. Because if you go onto Apple or Spotify right now, there are so many podcasts that are just dead. Mm -hmm. They recorded 10 episodes and they're done. And it wasn't, you know, a limited series. It was just they gave up. It's not easy to, you know, consistently get in front of your computer or in front of your mic and have something interesting to say. So in terms of creating your podcast, it's not enough that you just want to have a podcast. It's not. Because guess what? Nobody is that interesting. But for Sarah and I, we knew that we had a specific point of view. In terms of the beauty landscape, we felt that we had something different to offer than like people that have been around longer than us, like the people that we look up to, like Fat Mascara, Breaking Mm -hmm. Beauty, um, those podcasts. We felt we had a different angle. If we were going to be the exact same as like Jen and Jess, what's the point? Right. Totally. I disagree with the sentiment that if you have something to say, it's worth saying it. It's like, uh, that's not going to no. keep you going in the long run. Yeah, I do agree. I, I think that the landscape is big enough if you have like a very, you know, specific point of view and you do have something to say, but you have enough to say for a, a while, you know, and that's like the thing that I feel like I've noticed like friends starting podcasts and then, you know, they stop which is fine too. Like obviously everyone needs a break, but like if you want to have a successful podcast, you really need to make sure that you have a plan, you have a schedule and you are keeping yourself accountable for producing, you know, one episode a week, two episodes a month or whatever, whatever cadence you can commit to. Like that's really important for the growth so that your listeners know when they can expect, you know, the next episode. So I feel like just like making sure you have a plan keeping yourself accountable. If you don't have a co-host who can do that for you, you know, like have a friend or someone help you to make sure that you stay on top of it. Yeah. If you don't think that you're going to be able to commit, just don't waste your time. Don't put in the effort. Don't spend the money. Don't do it. To Sarah's point, make a playbook before you decide I'm going to launch a podcast. I'm going to buy all this equipment to do it. Write down what is the podcast? What is your mission statement for the podcast? What's the layout going to be? Mm-hmm. Are you going to talk about news at the beginning and then get into a deeper topic? Will you have guests? Mm-hmm. How long is your podcast going to be? Yeah. Maybe your podcast is 15 minutes and really you're just running down like top news headlines. Okay, great. Cool. And you're delivering it in a really interesting, funny format. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be, you know, 30 minutes to an hour long, but you need to have a plan in place so that you can look at this playbook and think, Yeah, I can do this weekly. Yep. I can keep this going because I know at some point people want their podcast to start making money. Networks are looking for consistency. They're looking for growth. They're looking for something that they can count on. Mm -hmm. You know, if they're going to acquire you, they want you to keep going (laughs) so they can sell ads against your show. I mean, I knew that when we started it, we had like a plan and a goal and a vision, but like, I don't think I anticipated it becoming its like own business. That's not something I wish I knew, something I'm like delighted to have learned in the process. On the contrary, my whole plan was this to be a business. So there was never an option that it was not going to be a business for me. (laughs) I think too, one thing that's really helpful, if you listen to our first episodes, It's so crazy how our cadence and the way we speak has changed. There was a lot of likes, a lot of ums. But one thing that can actually help you is to listen back to your episodes. 
after they've gone live. You'll notice little ticks that you do. Mm-hmm. You'll notice how much you say like or um or okay or you know. And those things will only help you become a better public speaker. And they will help you to develop yourself as a host and make you stronger in that aspect. So yeah. I know sometimes people publish things and they put them out. And they're like, oh, it's done. I'm, I'm done and over with. When we get our edit back from our editing team who goes in and cuts, you know, pauses, awkward moments. Yeah. I go in for a producing edit to be like, let's cut this part mm-hmm. this time. Or we hung on to this segment way too long. We need to cut it short, whatever. And then so having listened to all of it, I go back the next day and I play it on Spotify and I listen and I'm like, the sound's weird or there's a buzzing. Mm-hmm. Why am I making that weird click? Like, what's going on here? So always listen back to your work. And that's something that we know Mariana does on her own. And I've talked to a few other people who have their own podcasts and they also do it. So that's a really good tip. I was just going to say practicing talking. (laughs) Practice talking. Yes. Very key to what we do. When we first started, I remember thinking like, I just don't know if I have that much to say. And now... 200 episodes later, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. We've got a lot of, we've got a lot to say so much. We can go on and on and on. Yes. I would just stand in front of your mirror, honestly present to yourself and say, this is Bliss's sunscreen. It's called Blockstar. It is however many dollars, a yellow package, really hard to miss and go through it. It's like when we were learning to write and it was like, who, what, where, when, why? Give us all the reasons Mm -hmm. in detail. You'll figure out what people want to hear and what they don't. I feel like a lot of people getting started when they first create a podcast, they're going to have to edit it themselves. And this will also help you become a better producer and producing your show and deciding, okay, I actually don't think that this segment's working. Or as a listener, nobody cares about this. We're just going to cut it. So I would highly recommend going through and trying to figure out the editing process or whatever. We just Googled a lot. We were like, how do we upload a podcast? Oh my God, Google. I remember watching YouTube videos and also just asking our fellow podcasters too for advice. People are a lot nicer than, you know, I think you would think. Like people are willing to help. Don't be afraid to reach out for advice. Oh, last tip. Listen to as many podcasts as you can. Sarah and I did that. One time we went to a, a <laughs> spa. Oh, my God. P- the PTSD. It was so bad. It was horrible. Yeah, and it was it was so far away. And we were like, why did we do this? But on the way there and on the way back, we brainstormed and we listened to episodes of different podcasts that we thought, you know, could be similar. And we were like, okay, I think that we have something different enough that we want to move forward. Mm -hmm. So listen to as many podcasts as possible and try to figure out exactly like what your lane is. Happy, happy 200. Cheers to 200 more and more and more and more. Cheers to 200 eps. And by the way, I would not want to do this podcast with anybody else except for you. Same here. Obviously, I love you. Thank you to everyone for listening too and supporting us throughout this journey. Support us by giving us a five-star review. On, or on Spotify, too. You can do it on Spotify now. Give us a five-star review. You can leave us a legit review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on social media. That's also extremely helpful. Engage with us on social media. Comment. Like. Share. Call in with your wives. Call in with your wives. Call the hotline. 
If you like this podcast, y'all, seriously, take the link in your wherever you're listening on your phone and share the link with a friend and say, I think you're really going to like this podcast. Have the courage to share with a friend, as our <laughs> a wise man once said. His name is Cody Rigsby. All right. We'll talk to you on Friday. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.